Good evening, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and welcome to our live weekly medical radio show on News Talk 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, is with us again to tell you what you need to know about how early screening and knowing your profile can lead to the avoidance of heart attack and stroke altogether. Pre-screening and simple non-invasive tests can actually prevent Alzheimer's and many other chronic diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls. So please make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. This is your chance to talk directly to the doctor. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back, all of you listeners, to our live weekly medical radio show here on News Talk 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are back again tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question and talk to the doctor directly at 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, always good to have you on the show because you're certainly direct and frank and tell us what we need to do in order to not get the disease that eventually might take us out. Tonight, we're going to be talking about medical gaslighting. Do you want to start off by explaining what that is? Sure. Um Gaslighting is making somebody feel that their symptoms are generated by a psychiatric illness as opposed to taking them seriously and listening to what they have to say and investigating their complaints. Um, That's the general description of gaslighting is ignoring symptoms and attributing them to a mental defect. And is this common among primary care physicians? Is this common among all physicians? I mean, given that we have all of four minutes to talk about what we think is wrong with us, I don't see why we as patients should be penalized or thought of as being crazy because we don't fit into a certain paradigm that the fancy doctor decides, you know, what's wrong with you. Well, I think the way that this is put off onto patients is that their symptoms are prescribed to stress. Oh. And that's how it's put. It's not like, oh, I'm going to gaslight you and you're crazy. Go see a psychiatrist. Here's a Zoloft uh, or a Xanax. It's, yeah, but they do do that. I hate to tell do you, that, they right. do. They write prescriptions and say, okay, you know, they're not looking into what is the diagnosis all about. Or I guess the Mayo Clinic wouldn't exist and people going to the Mayo Clinic wouldn't exist if everybody could get an answer for what is wrong with them. But a lot of symptoms are, are that's how I look at it is people are being told they have stress. And this is a stress problem. Um, you know, what do you do with that information? Um, and now, um, you know, I look at that as something that needs to be managed because stress management is important for prevention. Well, before we get behind, let's start taking callers. Siobhan? Yeah, so up first we have Greg and Shelby. Greg, what's your question? And you guys, Mr. Positive, great show, great topic as always. Real quick, two points. When you guys bring up it's in your profile. What does that actually mean? And number two, 
when you go to hospitals and they have hospitals that have special care for possibly cancer or other diseases, are they implying that other hospitals, let's say a Beaumont doesn't have or Ascension doesn't have the ability to take care of you as the specialty hospitals? Or are they networked where they can get the, uh, um, you know, answers from other hospitals if they don't have it? Or is it secretive? Well, thanks for calling, Greg. I mean, let's the first topic, and we could have a whole show on that we have, you know, when we talk about someone's profile is what are the specific markers that you have that identify your risk? That's what I refer to as the profile. And, you know, what is your CIMT measurements? What are your inflammatory markers? You know, do you or do you not have insulin resistance? Are you on the spectrum? You know, blood pressure, genetic markers, sleep health, oral health, all of these and more um, data points. And these are measurable data points that can be put together to identify your overall vascular health risk. And each of those conditions also are uh, correlated to other various diseases. So that's your profile. And these are data points that we follow over time to measure our progress in reducing your risk. The other question I would attribute to marketing. You know, this is just hospitals marketing their services. Um, hey, we're on the top 50 of this list or the top 20 of that list. That's just medical marketing. And, uh, and we all know that you really can't put any uh, weight on anything you hear in the news at all. All right. Greg, thank you for calling. Siobhan, you have another caller? Yeah. Up next, we have James in Ohio. James, what's your question? Uh, yes, I'm sorry. I called last week, uh, and I was one that had the 78 years old that has uh, a high blood pressure. Uh, but I was wondering, I also run six miles a day on my bike. I think you suggested a sleep acne, but that's not an effect as far as my heart or anything. I'm just kind of wondering what I should do because um, my cholesterol is low. My triglycerides are perfect. It's just uh, just last January. I, my um, blood pressure was fine, 170 over 80. I mean, at one, one, uh, 180 over 120 for years, but now it went to 160. And then my doctor just simply said, well, you're getting old. So Right, right. I remember you. So, so wait, uh, James, why don't you need a sleep study? Well, I do six miles a day on my bike, so I don't so? – I, I sleep perfect. I'm on, I'm on keto, and I feel fantastic. I have no sleep problems and I um, feel fantastic. I've been on keto for six months now and I've okay, lost uh, well, my triglycerides. Listeners, okay, listen, I, I want Collins listeners ready to preach the gospel this, of why you all need to have this a sleep is, apnea yeah, test. This, what you just and we've listened got 20 to. 20 seconds left. Okay. Sorry, you just listened to resistance to care. Right. You were told to get a screening test for a problem that you had, and but he's got all the reasons why he doesn't need it because he knows better because it cannot happen. It couldn't happen to him. Yeah, uh, let's come back and talk about resistance on the other side of the break. Again, you're listening to our weekly live medical radio show where we keep you up to date on all medical solutions from dealing with COVID to avoiding catastrophic disease. We're here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly, about what you need to do to prevent or reverse disease, please call us at 800-859-0957.
Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. If you're just now joining us, I'd like to let you know that we're welcoming you to our special weekly medical radio show here on News Talk 760 WJR. We are back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention in Birmingham, Michigan. After 20 years in practice and watching patients die prematurely and unnecessarily, he's here tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. We're inviting listeners to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, we started the show by saying we're going to talk about medical gaslighting. And we just had a patient who was told to get a sleep study and didn't. Well, you know, James called, and we just had a field day at your expense, James, on Facebook, and we're going to keep it going. So James calls and tells us that his doctor told him his medical problems are because he's old. That's gaslighting. What are you going to do about it? It's right. like being told you're crazy. What do you do about that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I got it. you got a mental problem. That's gaslighting. So he got gaslit by being told there's no answer to the problem that he has. And he calls the show and goes right into resistance, which mm-hmm. is he didn't like what I had to say, which is go continue screening for the diseases that we need to screen for because, you know, does he have sleep apnea? I do not know. But uncontrolled high blood pressure is a symptom of sleep apnea. And the other thing is he's on keto. Keto, keto is not a healthy long-term diet. It does not generate good lipid uh, results and actually causes vascular damage. So all I just of want these to jump in here. I, I mean, I understand that keto is not a good diet to be on. Correct. So I okay. Just said. So why I know, but why are people so uh, you know amazed by it and so they? I mean, they're big. You know, well, they lose weight quickly on it, I believe, and so right. that's probably an incentivizing factor. Yeah, while and, while it's killing your organs, right? It's and who okay? doesn't want to be told they can eat bacon all day and it's okay? I mean, I'd love to hear get that prescription, but I'm not giving it. I'd like to get it too, but that's not a longevity answer. And so here's someone who's doing all the things that some are good, some are bad, and he's going to listen to what he wants to hear and not listen to what he doesn't want to hear. That's the world. You know, this is what we're up against is people don't want to hear what they need to do. And what do we do about it? Well, the problem too, not to jump in, is that people are are misled to think that if there's not some sort of feeling, like physiological feeling of exhaustion or some symptom that's presenting, that you that you're fine. Like he was saying, oh, I sleep fine, so I can't have a sleep problem. But that's that's just misinformation, right? That's just because sleep apnea is not being marketed for what it really is, which is a silent killer and cause of multiple other chronic diseases. And you don't notice it until you basically fall apart from cardiovascular distress. So it's and respiratory distress. So until that, why wait till that happens? I want to screen everybody who's 30 and over. However old James is, what's he waiting for? He doesn't like the answer. So wait for your next call, James. Right. Well, we have another caller right now. Yeah. So let's jump now to David in Windsor. David, what's your question? Yes, the question for the doctor is, would there be any ch- any time that a doctor can spend more than five minutes with a patient to go over what 
the things that you know that may that the patient may be having wrong with them and some of the deficiencies inside of inside that they may be lacking in terms of nutrition what about you know many you've gone over this before but are there many doc there aren't that many doctors that don't seem to spend time with their patients going over some of the things that may be ailing them and what they can, what they need to do to get up to get a to get a grip on it well, as you know, David, um, lifestyle is a foundational treatment for prevention, and nutrition is a huge part of that. Um, you, you know, there are some studies that really promote the Mediterranean diet, which is basically fish and roasted vegetables, a little bit of citrus. Um, you know, so that's a big. You know, that's something I recommend a lot. But we need to look at how people metabolize food. And um, I use a lot of lipids to help identify what recommendations to make. And we use genetics to identify food recommendations. Uh, for instance, we've talked about this a lot, I get APOE measurements. So APOE is a genetic marker that gives us not just a risk of having Alzheimer's, but an idea of how much of your total caloric intake should be made of fat. And this is just how, what your body wants. And there's no way to know about this based on, you know, how many miles you're running a day, whether you're on keto or not. You've got to check this stuff, you know, whether keto's right for you. So you just don't know unless you check and have these data points. And, you know, as Greg said, this is part of your profile. Right. What markers <clears throat> do we need to look at? So, of course, nobody has time for this in five minutes. In five minutes, you didn't get past, hello, how are you? How's your kids? You know, yep. how's your husband? Whatever. You know, but five minutes are up. Time to write your scripts and get out of there. Yep. So basically when a patient comes in and they have a specific constellation of symptoms that are bothering them that they feel they need to share with the doctor, if the doctor doesn't plug it in to a certain paradigm, then that's, the, you know, then that's basically the doctor's gaslighting you. They're telling you, well, there's nothing wrong with you because it doesn't fit in to a specific paradigm. Well, or a specific an, illness. Another way of gaslighting these days might be referrals. You know, which yes. is I don't well know. Well said. Well, let me refer you to. You know, you have a stomach problem. Here's a GI. You have a you know lung problem. Here's a pulmonologist. So depending on your symptom complex, you may get six referrals out of that out of that visit. You just don't know. And you know, I remember back. You know when you know, before the, you know, I'll say my functional medicine uh, experiences. If someone came in with a lot of different complaints, I used to either say you're depressed or your thyroid's off. And now I understand that any hormone imbalance can cause all kinds of symptoms that don't make sense because hormones have, uh, you know, pleiotropic effects, which means one thing can affect many other areas in your body. And this is a concept that is not recognized by the FDA. They want one drug to fix one thing and have one result. And the understanding that one drug or one system can have an impact on every organ system is lost. And, and you know, they may know it or not, but it really limits our ability to, to use more holistic approaches because that's how to identify one thing that affects everything, you know, and hormones 
are one of those areas and why balancing all your hormones is important um, in staying healthy. And guess what? People get better when you address that, but that's not part of the traditional model. They don't recognize managing hormones. You know, and I think it's really pathetic. Um, and I just want to give a shout out to Dr. Linda Kiley in, in Palm Beach, who sent the article in that encouraged us to talk about medical gaslighting. But I mean, it's like, stop and think about the number of patients who they're presenting symptoms. And as you said during this last segment, you know, you get sent off to see a psychiatrist because there must be something wrong with you because they must be imaginary symptoms or it's an imaginary disease that doesn't exist. I mean, you you take a deeper dive because you're a prevention specialist. So you've got all kinds of tricks in your bag about finding out what is, let's get to the bottom of this. But that doesn't happen in mainstream medicine. No, and 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 I don't want the listeners to take what you just said and say, well, people shouldn't be getting, you know, psychiatric or psychological care. I'm a huge fan of, you know, psychiatric care, psychoanalysis, understanding what drives any single person's subconscious decision making. That's really the the route to self care is understanding how triggers affect decisions and feelings that you have. So that that requires an expert to help you with that. But you still need a medical workup or physical and, and problems that you're having and not be ignored. And a lot of doctors aren't experts anymore. Anyway, right now we're going to have to take a quick break. Again, you are listening to a special live medical broadcast on the prevention and medical management of disease. If you have a specific question and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke, or have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We are fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. Please tune in to our weekly shows Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. and live Thursday at 7. We're inviting you to call in with your questions and talk to the doctor directly at 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, we're coming back to the subject of gaslighting. Why do you feel as though it's more pertinent with women? Well, you know, women, again, this isn't my feeling. I'm, we're kind of going off the article Dr. Kylie was kind enough to send you. Um, you know, women are thought of, you know, wrongly now as being a little more histrionic um, and hysterical. Right. Hysteria. So, um, and obviously that's just not true. And we were talking during the break that really, you know, women are more complicated patients and mainly because they have more hormones to juggle and go through periods of hormone shifting, which has significant alterations in how they feel and how their body works in general on the immune system and every other facet of their, of their, of their living and their physiology. So um, it's very easy to get as a doctor to be you know, overwhelmed by someone's symptoms. 
And because the tools that are needed to take care of people and women specifically during specific times in their lives are just not available in traditional medicine. They just don't exist. But then again, you don't dismiss their symptoms. I mean, this is what gaslighting is all about. It's dismissing the symptoms. Well, when you only have five minutes, the answer is, well, let me have you see a specialist. Here's a prescription or you're crazy. You know, what else can you do in five minutes or six minutes? It's one of those things. And a lot of times referral is so that the specialist can tell your patient they're crazy, not you. It's not like you're going to get a better answer from the specialist, Mm -hmm. you know, because this is a specialist who's still operating within the healthcare system that doesn't recognize balancing hormones, um, thyroid special, you know, thyroid manipulation, and they're going to give them the same answer. Well, you're crazy. You know, here's some, here's some Prozac. Yeah. Well, we should uh, find some time to talk about your work with balancing hormones, but in the meantime, Siobhan, you have a caller. Yeah, we have Bruce on the line in Ann Arbor. Bruce, what's your question? Oh, all right. That was quick. Oh, I guess we, we, we I guess we lost him. So maybe he'll come back. Um in the meantime, so coming back to, you know, you, you've talked and you've mentioned about balancing hormones. Is this like one of your specialties? Not as much with women, to be honest. Um, because again How about with men? Men, I've got a lot of experience in balancing hormones with men and um, supplementing testosterone. Um, I think the main reason I use testosterone in men is because there's a strong correlation between insulin resistance and low testosterone, and there's data supporting using testosterone to prevent the advent of diabetes in men with insulin resistance. So this is a you know a great example of how you know hormones and vitamin supplementation can offset insulin resistance. So vitamin D, uh, vitamin D with K2, which is another vitamin, um, curcumin, which is the active ingredient in turmeric, and cinnamon. All of these things help bolster um, and, and, and help prevent insulin resistance. So it's no surprise that we've learned that vitamin D prevents, helps people deal with COVID. So here you have all of these things together balancing hormones, reducing insulin resistance, supplements that help reduce insulin resistance, and an obvious immune balance that comes out of that, you know, to me, it makes all perfect sense, you know, that all of these together, um, among other things, help improve your body's internal environment and reduce chronic disease. So, you know, this is, uh, not just something anyone has time to deal with, again, with five minutes, because most of these treatments aren't uh, prescribed. You know, they're not pharmaceutical, and uh, they're not, you know, the, especially the hormone balancing is not covered by the FDA. It's not approved by the FDA. Why not? Good. I don't, couldn't even tell you why the FDA does. All I can but, say... Uh, but what you're well, saying, your, your patients obviously benefit from it. My conspiratorial answer is... There is not a approved pharmacological agent, so the oh. you know so the the you know the FDA cannot oversee bioidentical or natural products. So you know the products I like to use are all bioidentical, plant-based hormone products, and so they don't have oversight there. Mm-hmm. So what do they have oversight of? Is like is a device. 
Synthetic? So not, are you talking about synthetic? Right, synthetic product with a device that's been patented. So recently a new testosterone came out that was covered for the indications that the FDA will allow, but it's in a device. So, and so that's how pharma gets around using generic products is they create a delivery device that's unique. Mm -hmm. And the FDA buys into this nonsense. Oh, now it's covered, but you've got to use this product because it's got a patented device, and that's the only product that you can use because that's they got a patent. So, uh, the, the kicker is so many of these tools can be used off-label, you know, as a generic, um, as an, a non-oversightable FDA product, and they're not expensive. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, that's that's the shame of it. You know, it's really the shame of it is um, they're really kowtowing to uh, pharma. And all right, I am going to go to COVID, you know, because on the news now is is Moderna is asking for COVID, you know, for kids to be the FDA to approve kids to be vaccinated. Why isn't the FDA saying we should be vaccinating kids for whatever reason they think it should be, even though I'll disagree? Why does it require the pharma? Of course, a pharma company is going to ask the FDA to have their drug approved. Why is that the driving factor? The company with the most financial gain is asking for the coverage. If it's so important, the FDA should just be offering the coverage. The company to gain shouldn't be asking. So if it isn't that important that the FDA doesn't say we're going to offer the coverage, then it isn't important. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. Don't do it because Moderna's asking to make more money because of it. Mm -hmm. Do it because it's the right thing to do. And that is our system. It's reactive. Drug companies make a product, and the FDA feels obligated to find a way to make it covered. So much so that they'll even make a diagnosis code and allow marketing. You know, the, the back to testosterone. So back in 2012, 2013, there were a lot of testosterone products that were approved. But um, they all had some bizarre delivery device because it was a generic product. So in order to, for the pharma company to, to, to get an approved FDA product, they had these bizarre delivery devices. And, you know, then you can market. You remember, everyone, you remember what's your T? Mm -hmm. You know, all of a sudden marketing, what's your testosterone? Do you have low T? Treat it. And so everyone's getting testosterone levels and prescribing it. And the reason it went away is because two studies came out and said that um, men on testosterone had worsening plaque. What ended up happening is, you know, the FDA shut down the whole testosterone business. Two weeks later, again, this is not published, but the, the studies were retracted as being the data was misrepresented. But the FDA did not come back and say, well, let's go back because it's good. Leaves patients out in the cold as usual. In the meantime, we're going to have to take a quick break. You are listening to a special live broadcast tonight where the topic is your health and how to prevent disease. When we come back, if you have a specific question, the subject we're discussing, and you'd like to hear or talk to the doctor directly, please call us at 800-859-0957. 
Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the final segment of our special weekly live broadcast here on News Talk 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat chronic and debilitating disease. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician, and one of the very few specialists in prevention in this country. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, we started talking about an article submitted by Dr. Linda Kiley in Palm Beach on gaslighting, specifically medical gaslighting and how it affects women. Do you feel as though that exists? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the problem in, and women will know that a lot of, this is so systemic that it comes down to even the research that a lot of times women aren't even included in the studies. And so that we don't even know how a specific drug or treatment or surgery may affect women differently uh, because they're just not part of the study group. Um, and, you know, this has just been a long-term pattern where, you know, doctors need to learn to recognize that women present with symptoms in different ways than men. Um, you know, angina can present differently in women. Uh, and the symptoms of heart attack are different in women. Right. And so it's, it just, it's something that needs to be recognized. And, you know, and we talk about this a lot of times that, you know, women are just as likely to have heart disease as, as in men, but they don't have fatal heart attacks. You know, they don't get the widowmaker. They get smaller heart attacks. They're more likely to get um, heart failure, and they're more likely to get dementia. And these are all more microvascular injuries as opposed to injuries that are, you know, affect uh, your, you know, left main or your left corner artery that will cause sudden death. So women don't necessarily die from cardiovascular events like men do, but they live longer but suffer the consequences of, you know, again, microvascular injury, which is hard to find. You know, you've really got to be looking for it, um, and, and, and you're going to ask the question, who else is doing it? Nobody. Right. Nobody's doing the blood work that measures microvascular disease. Okay, just, what's the excuse for that? The when whole, you say nobody is doing it, why not? Because if women get and are suffering from heart failure, which doesn't have a good prognosis, and I guess you can't treat it, you can't stop it, you can't prevent it. Is that true? No, you can't. Well, you can't you cure can, it. If, if someone's diagnosed with, with uh, heart failure, does that mean that they're, they're, there is no turning back from that? You have it, you treat it, but you're not getting rid of it. Correct. You know, just like any end organ damage, once it's damaged, the damage is there. Now you're playing catch up. That's why. But can it be screened and prevented? Is it something that's preventable? All of these things are preventable. Again, I'm going to say the the profile and identify and, and in women, you know, it's important to check blood work that measures microvascular injury. So there are specific blood tests I do. Um, you know, there's something called... You do, but what about the rest? I don't mean oh, to interrupt. What about the rest of the doctors? Well, you know they're not doing it. And if they <clears throat> are doing it, the results may not be interpreted in 
in a way that's going to have an impact on preventing the conditions that drive the disease, such as, all right, I'm having, if I do a blood test and one of them is called Golectin-3 and it measures microscopic heart muscle injury and scar tissue on the heart. And another blood test is called um, NT pro BNP, which measures, which goes up when there's pressure changes in the heart. And if there's heart injury and the heart's not beating as effectively as it could be, that test will be up. So, so let me just ask you quickly, are these tests blood tests? Yeah. So therefore, any doctor could order this blood draw right. and this blood test. So you don't need to be seen by a cardiac specialist in order to get these tests. Prevention is should be under the guise of a primary caregiver. It, right. You don't need a specialist to practice prevention. So every, people get called, are you a cardiologist? You don't need to be any specialty to practice prevention. You just have to choose to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you need a cardiologist when you have an irregular heartbeat, and you need a cardiologist when you've got a critical stenosis mm -hmm. because they're the ones that fix those things. But the kicker is you don't need to ever get to critical stenosis anymore. And we'll probably cut down the number of people having an irregular heartbeat that needs a cardiologist by a half or more when you apply all of these preventive measures, James. The caller. Well, the problem is having someone to interpret it too. I mean, you could make a list of tests to ask a doctor to give you, but if, if you don't have someone to really interpret it and put the pieces together and explain what's leading to what, then you're, you're kind of still lost. Well, that's the problem. A well, right. That's, and again, this comes down to the, you know, do we blame the player or the game? You know, so we've always been playing the game, blaming the game, and now we've switched to blame the player. You know, now we're to blame the doctors for not leaving the game and making their own game. So we're no longer blaming the system, right, Amory? It's it's the doctors need to be take to take the and they need to be taken account for not providing the care that's available. It just seems that if there is a, a situation or a disease such as heart failure, that women are more prone to get. I know that we can't stop the widowmaker. I mean, maybe we can, but that's like, you know, you get it, you die immediately. But with heart failure, it seems like if it is diagnosable, then why would that not be on the spectrum of boxes that your primary care physician checks? When they do a blood draw, let's just cover all the aspects of things that we could find. Well, you know, the widowmaker is what I want to stop first and foremost. And then I look at these labs that measure microvascular disease as a really deep dive. And, uh, you know, it's... it's but it's diagnosable. It is, but it's, it is diagnosable. But I look at it as I'm finding this early. I'm not diagnosing somebody with heart failure. I'm diagnosing that the process is in play and it's another data point to present the patient that I need to do a little better with treating all your chronic diseases and you, person sitting in front of me, needs to do better with what you're in control of because here's a sign that despite our best efforts, we're still seeing some vascular and organ injury and it's microscopic. So that's how I use the test, not so much as a, well, look, you have heart failure. It's a, the process is in play. Let's pull it back. We all have to work harder. It's just more data to convince people to live their life in a more healthy way.
because lifestyle at the end of the day is number one. And no, we're not going to say, oh, just eat healthier and exercise more. You need the specific personal recommendations that our, your profile provides. And you've got to do, we all, it's, a, it's never ending work to stay healthy in this toxic environment. So is it possible that you can prevent heart failure in women? I don't see why we can't. Well, obviously, if you are able to do a blood draw and find that somebody has microvascular disease, you're able to turn it around and prevent it. That's a plan. Well, <laughs> it's a plan, but if it's not a plan. If you have someone to help you. If you have right. someone to help right. you, well, that's the plan. through it. So, right. but, but no one's looking at prevention this way, unfortunately. Okay, well, they need to wake up and find a doctor that does. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, so I'd like to quickly thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention, for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Collender Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Thanks to my co-host, Siobhan Cronin, out on tour right now, but piping in. Please continue to tune in to our shows Sunday afternoon at 3, Thursday evening at 7, for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Good night and be well.